Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. Today, I have Elka Siller-McCartney joining me today from Anacortes, Washington. She is an aura seer, and we're going to be talking all about the human aura and what it tells us, what we can learn from us, from it, and what she can tell us about ourselves. So our author, Elka Siller-McCartney, is a wise woman for our rapidly changing times. A lifelong aura seer and gifted healer, she empowers her students and clients with spiritual tools and wisdom to navigate the spiritual life in a practical and fun way. Her education includes teachings from wisdom teachers and shamans from around the world and her own experiences as an aura seer. You never know what she's going to do in her classes and sessions, sing, <laughs> drum, dance, guide you in a meditation, and her unique aura portrait sessions provide an insight into your soul's colors and purpose. And I recommend all of it. Elka, welcome to the show. Why, thank you. So glad to You're have beautiful. you. Beautiful. You look absolutely beautiful. Aura-wise, every-wise, quarantine hair. How do you do it? Thank must you, Elka. Your, must be your aura. I've learned a lot and a lot from you. <laughs> Must have been that Epsom salt bath I took before the show, right? Yes. <laughs> I just completely lost track of time in, by the way. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate that, that update with my aura. So why don't you go ahead and start by sharing with the audience who you are and about your gifts. Oh, who am I anyway? Well, just recently, I adopted the, um, the role and the, the title of wise woman. And it's not necessarily coming from um, a pompous place, not at all, <laughs> because wisdom really is derived from experience. And now I've had 64 years worth of experience on this crazy planet. Um, but it's a strange and lovely, lovely journey to do what I, I get to do on a daily basis. And I feel very, very blessed. Um, mainly, I, as an aura seer, a seer of the energy fields around people all the time, 24 seven. Uh, that's taught me a lot. Um, it's taught me as much as being a mom, or a wife, or a sister, or a daughter, or just um, the crazy neighbor next door. Um, because I see auras all the time. This is a 24-7 operation. I don't know how I do it, frankly. <laughs> I don't either, because when I tap in, it's great. But I could not even imagine walking through life you know, on a daily, but just seeing all, actually, maybe I could imagine because I think it'd be awesome, but all of these colors and then how they bump into each other and interplay with each other and, you know, yeah. what's going on under the surface that when that part of myself is turned off and I'm not in a session, I just read the energy, you know, pick yes. up on those subtleties, right? Yeah. So you're seeing the subtleties in color. I am. Um, when I was a little, little, little kid, you know, before six years old, about that much. Uh, I saw these beautiful and maybe not so beautiful colors flying around people all the time. I mean, it was, it was a non-issue because I thought everybody did. I saw entities and I saw spirits and angels. And I had a, a friend who was an angel. And um, again, this was my life. I thought that fairy tales were written about my friends. Um, and then come to find out that this was probably my imagination. You know, I mean, uh, this is what we do to children. We, we categorize what they're perceiving, or this is what we can do, uh, other than just letting them be and letting them develop. So the aura sight or the colors went away for quite some time. Um, until I was 21 years old. 
and I was half asleep and I was like this watching my then husband, my very first husband sleeping. And he was really cute <laughs> and I'm watching him sleep. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, far out. Like he's so cute and I'm in love and look at that glow around him. And I thought, what? Like, what? Hold on. And I sat up and there was this beautiful mist all around him. And I thought, okay, 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 calm down. Uh, uh, I know it's endorphins. It's endorphins and the endorphins are doing something to my optic nerve. <laughs> you know, I was studying psychology at the time and I love brain science and all that stuff. And I forgot all about my sight, you know, that I had as a kid. So I went to sleep with the knowledge that, hey, this is going to go away. It's the love thing. But no. Nope. Uh, there he was glowing the next day. And so was everybody else on the University of Florida campus uh, that I was a student <laughs> at. And um, the first few days were pretty crazy making, frankly. Uh, maybe even the few, first few months. I, I literally thought I was crashing into people because the the mist that was around them was out quite a ways. I mean, it wasn't just this little outline and it had shapes and colors. And I just happened to know that that person over there has kidney cancer and that person over there seems to be in love with that person here but they're probably going to get divorced. And I mean, just crazy stuff. The auras were talking to me, <laughs> not in any voice, but I just had this connection with the field, with what I was um, perceiving. Um, fortunately, fortunately, uh, you know, several months after I thought, okay, I need to see a psychiatrist. I need what? What do I need? <laughs> I decided to um, go to a professor of mine at the time. He was a physics professor and he taught this very strange class that I managed to get into. Only a few people were allowed into this class um, and it was called consciousness. Is there a ghost in the machine? Like what? So I had a feeling he would know something and maybe could advise me or tell me to get psychiatric help, or maybe he knew what in the world was going on with me. Um, oh, and by the way, I had also called my mom. That's right. I called my mom and she told me you're seeing auras. And I said, great, but what do I do with it? Right. You know? So anyway, I knocked on this guy's door, Dr. Rosenschein, and he, said, this is wonderful. I said, it is, no, it's not, <laughs> you know? And so he developed some, some great experiments for me. He developed, you know, he just helped me to get a clue as to what I could possibly do with this. And I was off to the races. Um, I studied psychology. I went to graduate school in psychology. I was an admissions counselor for several universities for, for a few years. And it was uncanny. You know, people came to me not knowing what they wanted to study, but I knew exactly, almost exactly what program they should sign up for because it would match their energy. And um, then people kept coming into my office, my admissions office, um, asking me all kinds of personal questions <laughs> and stuff. And I decided, all right, I'm, I'm just going to become an, a straight out uh, therapist. Well, as straight as I'm going to be. And again, people were saying, okay, you know, are you reading my mind or something? Because this is kind of spooky, the stuff that you know. Um, but you seem to be very non-judgmental about these things that you know. And I realized that, well, you know, maybe I should come out of the spiritual closet and explain to them that I know these things because their aura is projecting this at me. So that started the whole business of be, becoming a healer 
and a teacher and a, and a guide for lots and lots of people. I'm also very, very lucky that I got to study with several shamans from around the world. They would just waltz into my life. I would happen to have some time available. They would see that I saw stuff and want to teach me about that. So I have a lot of tools as to how to manage this gift because it's any of you, yourself included, young lady, you know, any of us who um, are sensitive to energies, it's something to be wrangled. You know, it's something to be managed. Yeah. Um, otherwise, well, I would either not be here as in on the planet <laughs> or I would be heavily medicated. I don't know who's to say. I, I feel very, very fortunate that I'm somewhat, somewhat sane. <laughs> That's awesome. So you described as in bumping into these auras. So are they palpable to you with your clairsentience? Oh, in other words, do I feel, mm -hmm. feel auras as well as see them? Yeah. Yes. But how? I mean, if your next question is going to be, I, I mean, this is what I would ask is like, wait, but isn't it too much? And I can, how do you yeah, sort it all out uh, or even drive, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I drive, <laughs> I go into crowds. I'm just fine in the safe way. And so um, what I was taught was to, ask myself a very important question <laughs> and it's it's just something that's just kind of an automatic thing it's like an automatic filter and that is is this any of my business mm -hmm. you know i mean when you're walking down a crowded uh, sidewalk you're not noticing every single person's you know colorful tie or shoes or that they're grouchy or they're happy or whatever but once in a while, something pops out, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens for me. And even then I ask the question, hey, Elka, honey, is that any of your business? You know, in a way, is it mine? Is it mine to pay attention to? Um, because the answer about 98.2% of the time is no. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not, it's not mine. Um, but I do know, you know, with experience, because now since I was 21 and I'm, uh, let's see, do the math. I'm 43 years now into seeing auras as an adult. I've gotten used to filtering it out. Although I have to say that there are times when it's a little more difficult than others. And now is kind of one of those times to be very weirdly honest. I mean, here we are separated in our little little boxes hi <laughs> and yet um i almost feel like i'm getting more input than ever and so i have to ask that very important question over and over again is this mine like is this even my energy you know is this mine to um to pay attention to are these feelings coming from me or is it ambient in the air? So one of the things I've been telling a lot of my pals and clients and allies is, you know, the baseline that you're coming from as an empath is the baseline of this ambient energy that we are all con making a contribution to as we deal with what I call the situation <laughs> and i'm talking of course about the um the covid 19 situation and the quarantine and and now you know um the protests and and the speaking out and um the anger the sadness the lots of big emotions it's ambient it's poured into the consciousness of of the planet and so it doesn't even matter where you live you're going to feel it, especially if you're an empath and you're going to see things in your mind if you're a clair, clairvoyant or you're going to um, 
know certain things, you know, uh, if you are at all psychic or intuitive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree. It's something to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And it is very much there and kind of um, has taught me during this quarantine time that our aura, you know, our energy is a huge receptor. Yes, it is. For everything, because I can be sitting here. Oh, yeah. A friend pops in my head, and I shoot her a text, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you witchy woman, I'm having a bad day. How did you know? <laughs> you <laughs> witchy woman. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's real, you know, and I feel like sometimes the only time I can get them like, okay, who's developed that egg that we can crawl into and shut the lid <laughs> so this doesn't pick up everything remotely because – we really are like antennas, you know, just pulling in everything, even if we don't realize it. So how do we work with that energy and differentiate between what is ours and what is out there? And then part two of the question, how do we protect ourselves from that, disengage from it and um, kind of put it outside of ourselves? Yeah, because I think uh, every once in a while, or maybe even more than once in a while, we're going to need extra help and extra protection of a sort, you know, a, a protection from us getting so engaged with what we're feeling and perceiving that it's, um, it's distracting and we can't get anything done and we can't think straight. Well, one of the things you need to remember is, we all need to remember is, um, we're not just receivers, okay? <laughs> like right now, I'm talking and I'm broadcasting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so we're broadcasters as well. We can beam out energy and we do all the time, whether you know it or, or, or not. Yeah, so most really, consciously. Oh, it is. It's a, it's a constant thing. That's not something you'll ever, ever, ever turn off. Now, whether uh, others pick up on it or not, well, that's, you know, that's up to the receivers. Mm -hmm. Okay. However, um, everybody in, on the planet, I don't care who you are or whether you think you're psychic or intuitive or absolutely straight out not um you're picking up on stuff all the time all the time and that's why we make assumptions based on what we're getting and i i could say hey uh the sky is black today and you hear the sky is white today i mean you know depending on how we're perceiving what our filters are filtering. Because here's the other thing about an aura. You are literally seeing through or perceiving through your aura. So there are several layers between me and you, and you and me. So if we were sitting in the same room together, you are perceiving through your aura, and more than likely, our auras will be merged because you have a pretty big aura. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what size mine is, but it's probably all over the place. Uh, anyway, so, and I'm perceiving through mine, and you're perceiving through yours. Um, which is why I also answered the question, hey, do you see your own aura with, I, I don't. I don't see my own aura. Because what I'm doing is I'm, I'm seeing through it. Anyway, again, depending on where your mind is at, where your attitude is at, you know, are you having a funky moment or a lousy moment or are you centered? Are you feeling at peace? Are you feeling like yourself? Um, will absolutely make a difference as to what you perceive and how you're going to perceive it. So to answer your question about, uh, was it protection or filtering or what, what was the second part? Yes. And yes. So, um, differentiating between, you know, mine and not mine, and then maybe kind of blocking 
or shielding against. Okay. Figuring it away. Yeah, to, I'm not. I want to use the word disconnect from it. Okay. All right. Um, honestly, I, I'm not a fan of blocks of any kind, except maybe building blocks. I mean, those are kind of fun. <laughs> uh, and, and here's why. Um, I, and I, and I know, and this is no disrespect to anybody who, who teaches about, you know, um, say blocking, uh, and martial arts, it's a great thing and, and, and what have you. But as far as blocking others, auras or energies or thoughts or like that kind of thing, uh, what a block does is something comes my way, right? And it pings off the block. And then what happens? It's sent back out there and it stays in circulation. It's like, ay, 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 no, I don't want that. <laughs> so that's why I'm not a big fan of blocks. I mean, uh, sometimes you have to shield yourself that way. I mean, on a physical basis, mm -hmm. uh, if needed, but energetically speaking, I'm not a big fan of blocks. What I would rather have you imagine, and this is something, uh, I'm just going to gift everybody right now is a thing that I learned a long time ago and you know about it. I call it shields up, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I imagine shields up, I imagine this beautiful, beautiful shiny luminescent egg all around me and the and the and it has a bit of a density to it so the shell of the egg it's all sparkly and twinkly and and lovely and so it's just surrounding me shields up and so something that's coming my way that's not mine simply comes into that that field that shield and is returned to source. It's immediately transformed, immediately, immediately transmuted, immediately transformed back to source or God or energy or light, you know, whatever you want to call it. And what that does, then it takes it out of circulation and creates, uh, you know, light, more love. I mean, isn't that what we want more of? Yes, and that's nice. So, rather than blocking, that's what I do. If I need extra, and you, you always know when you need that extra protection, just a little extra <laughs> something. Right. Because we can, you know, we can, uh, we, very intuitive people, we have this proclivity to use other things. All of us humans do. We can use alcohol, <laughs> drugs. <laughs> You know, we can use all kinds of things to create a nice little buffer zone between us and the world. And hey, cheers. You know, I, I, I totally understand that. But on um, if you want to be um, a person, an intuitive that wants to make an, a contribution to the world, but you also need the protection so that not everything is ah, coming at you and getting in there. That's the, that's the big part is getting in there and landing in your aura. Then I would highly recommend that shields up. And it's just, again, just a beautiful luminescent egg. It'll go down on its own accord. And uh, I'll tell you what, it, that's one of the things that has saved me over and over and over again, that, that shields up uh, model. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. And it's good. You're, too, you're not just leaving all of this energy everywhere. You know, when you like go around and yeah. clean the house or you move into a house and you've got to clean the old energy out, you're cleaning that old energy that somebody just like tossed off oh, yeah. <laughs> from, from the room. So speaking of cleaning energy, um, this is a good segue for we're all sponges and we're all absorbing everything, you know, even in the house. You know, while we're quarantined, we can do yes. You no, know, especially especially remotely. the the empaths, like I yep. say, yeah. Um, the news, you know, when we oh, go to yeah. the grocery store, the people yeah. who are still working, we pick it up at work. You know, pick it up, pick up energy from our loved ones. Okay, so what do we do to cleanse all of these things out of our aura and relieve, you know, some of that excess stuff that we've taken on that isn't ours? 
Wow, that's a great question. And I have, uh, I have a lot of things. I have like a whole basket load that this high, you know, of things that, that I do. I mean, um, everything from, I'm a dancer. I just love to dance. I've danced since I was born, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, and so sometimes I will, I'll just, I'll just put on some groovy music or evocative music or whatever, and just fly around. But on a practical level though, you know, uh, you may not have time or, or the energy to dance. Or, um, so I would say, keep it simple. And if you're feeling just really heavy, it like, it's like, oh, bleh. you know, I just, I know I just came from the Safeway and everybody was grouchy and miserable and fear laden and whatever. Um, you can do something really, really simple. You can stand and put your hands in front of you and just kind of wave them to the side like this and say, clean and clear, clean and clear with the thought that what you are cleaning and clearing is all over your field. And, and again, where is that stuff gonna go? So it's clean and clear. I give back to source that which is not mine. So you don't keep it in circulation. You're just cleaning and clearing and let the angels take it, you know, let, let spirit take it. Um, because Again, we don't need to keep it in circulation. Sometimes I think those of us who are empathic and are absorbing like a sponge, as you said, mm -hmm. um, it's not just to torture us. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> it might seem like that. It might seem like, oh, <laughs> what? Oh, why do I, ugh. Um, why do I pick everything up like a sponge? I get asked that so much. Anyway, but it's not just to torture us. It is so that we have an awareness of what's going on. Yeah. And by the way, there are things you can do. There are things that you can do. Another thing that you can do is because remember, and I think this is one of the most important things for us to remember, and again, especially intuitive people, is we're not just receivers, we're broadcasters. We're Ta-da! Broadcasters as well. So on a very regular basis, every day, for, for me now, I've, um, I've decided since uh, this whole lockdown, quarantine, craziness, etc., that twice a day, I, um, I do what I call beaming. <laughs> and it's not beam, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's beaming or nice. beaming. Beaming. I, from my, I tune into my heart, I might light, light a candle, create a sacred space, and I just beam out compassion to whoever needs it. I beam out love, unconditional love. I beam out understanding. I beam out calm, because there's a lot of calming that could <laughs> happen in the world. Um, and I'm not beaming out anything to, to block people from expressing themselves. Absolutely not. And in fact, I think that us beaming from our heart centers is from the place that is the most open to all forms of expression. No, no judgments about it. So I tune into my heart, my heart center, or what's called the heart chakra, and I beam out. Um, again, love, compassion, unconditional love. Um, stuff like that, that is so readily absorbed into the field, into the mass consciousness. And do I think it makes a difference? Heck yeah. Yes, I do. And frankly, if more of us would do that just on a semi-regular basis, I think that we will come through all of this um, and with some phenomenal results. You know, I mean, who's to say? we might be creating a new world and it's not necessarily the dystopia that a lot of us are worried about. We have a lot of work to do, <laughs> mind you. But, you know, like, let's contribute with, we are big hearted people. I think the people who are listening and, and watching your show, I know, 
they're not listening and watching this show because they're really, you know, very judgmental and like you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And if you are, oh, poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) But no, they're they're heart people. Heart people are listening to you and and, um, tuning into the show because they want the uplift. They want, you know, they want something else to do and something else to hear other than, um, well, everything else that you hear on the internet or on the news. <laughs> so anyway, so remember that we're broadcasters too. You know, that's a, it's a phenomenal tool. So use it. Thank you for sharing that. I hope everybody starts it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Start right away. Turn on those, those rays of light. So, um, protection, self-care. So how about self-care right now during this really difficult time? Yeah. Foundations for taking care of ourselves in our auric fields. Well, one thing I also know about empathic people and especially healer types like you <laughs> and, and others who want to be an expression of love, want to be an expression of healing is that there's more of a tendency to be scanning the horizon for people to fix, for situations to fix, or if you're a mom or a parent or you know a loved one or me, in my case, I am the spousal unit, the wife of a wonderful man, but who needs some care. He is literally on hospice care right now. He's not in the process um, near the end, but he's in that process. And so there's care involved. And I've been caregiving for a long time and I've been a parent and I have lots of clients and I have lots of friends right now who, I was, I think I was texting you last night and I had four people texting me almost all at the same time in deep doo-doo crisis. It was a rough day yesterday. There was it a- was- It was crazy. I don't know what in the world, the stars and the moon and everybody was going on, but something was going on. Well, anyway, but so even more so self-care is absolutely necessary. So I have, you know, finally learned for myself that there are certain requirements for me to stay centered and they're, they're mine. They're not everybody's, you know, I need to move every day. I need to have movement and fun movement. <laughs> um, so I dance or I, I love my walks. I'm a very, very lucky gal that I have a, a wonderful neighborhood and I live near a forest land, you know, and that's very, very cleansing for me. If I don't move in some way every day, I'm miserable, miserable. Um, also, I am not going to advocate any particular diet But I think that all empathic people are aware of when they are eating things that just really kind of, you know, tilt them to the side um, or, you know, kind of ping on their hormones or their endorphins and slam them down or whatever, you know. So, you know, (laughs) you know what you need to do and you also know that you need a treat once in a while. And so go ahead, bake those gluten-free chocolate chip cookies because that's what I do for my friends. <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, I think part of self-care for me too is that if I have that glass of wine, I really, really enjoy it. And I don't, you know, I, I try not to beat myself up about any, anything right now. Um, and the other part of self-care, energy self-care, is to do what I just showed you a few minutes ago, and that is to clean and clear your aura every day. I think people are getting a little tired of hearing me say this, but um, because I say it all the time, <laughs> clear your aura every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like my number one piece of advice. And they go, well, how do I do that? Well, just make it simple. Just clean and clear or light a candle, take a little candle bath or do do whatever you need to do. You know, if it's a bath or a, uh, but the simpler it is, the more you're going to do it. 
And so um, clean your aura every day. Oh, and one more. I really do recommend meditating of some kind. And it doesn't have to be, you know, the 14 breath tantric. Da, 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 da. You know, it doesn't have to be anything really complicated. Again, I think the simpler, the better. It could be that you just have some nice, quiet music playing. You close your eyes and you just kind of go with the flow or you follow your breath. Or if you have a mantra, that's fabulous too. Or, you know, there are any numbers of uh, lovely guided meditations too. But again, I would keep it as simple as possible. You know, just gift yourself 10 minutes. That, I mean, that's all. That's all you need, really, mm -hmm. is 10 minutes of tuning in. So that's what I say to uh, the whole self-care kind of thing. Awesome. So going back to the aura, because I think I want to spend a little bit more time there before I go into my next question. So, uh -oh. <laughs> the aura, so explain to everybody what the aura tells us about ourselves. Oh, that's a great question. A lot, <laughs> a lot. So the aura is actually, it's, it's actually pretty complicated. Um, it does have an anatomy to it. So it's not just a little outline around you. I got to put my glasses back on so I can, I can see your aura, but not you. Um, <laughs> isn't that strange? <laughs> anyway, um, so there are basically two main, I guess, domains or sections to the aura. There is your human aura. And your human aura contains... Uh, the energy of your thoughts and your emotions. So what you're feeling, what you're thinking, um, physical sensations, are you healthy or not? <laughs> are you off balance? Are you in balance? Are you calm? Are you angry? Are you hungry? Are you thrilled, excited? You know, all of that changes, 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 but it, it's actually in your aura. I mean, and so years and years ago, I decided to do this thing. One of my services is a, a thing called aura portraits. I actually watercolor a, a painting of your aura. And at first I tried to fit everything in and it was, they were a mess because that part of you, the human of you changes, 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 changes all the time that said we also are being a being you know whatever you want to call that a soul but there in the english language we have the term human being so who the heck is that well that one i would say is your capital s self your true self also has an aura and yes it does change um but a lot more gradually i think as we evolve in life and the contents of that aura talks to me anyway about your purpose um how you are in the world how you are interfacing with the world are you interfacing with the world as a healer or as a teacher, or as a communicator, or dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And so that aura has the content of um, you as a soul who has made the choice to come to this crazy little planet uh, with the rest of us. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> and, um, and how that is going, you know, how is that going for you? So that's, that's what your aura tells me anyway. And actually, I think all of us, all of us are picking up cues from the aura. I know that you probably have gone into a room, you know, uh, like at a party or something, a gathering. And sometimes you go into this room and it's like, oh, I feel at home here. These are my people. Or... You know, maybe you go into another room and it's like, uh, uh, wait, I, um, 
I got to go now (laughs) (laughs) because you just feel this. So you're picking up on auras all the time and that, and, and that's what the content is. So one more thing about what auras tell me, and that is groupings of auras also creates an aura. Oh, interesting. So say again. That's interesting. Yeah. So um, I teach classes. I used to teach classes in person, you know, and I will again. But uh, anyway, it's lovely when I have a circle of people and that field is created by the circle because there's a similar intent. But also lovely is if I'm going to a very cool concert outdoors you know and everybody is with the with the energy and it's uplifting and um that creates a field as well that creates its own aura but so does a riot and so does you know the angry person uh that i heard about in the grocery store not too far from here who got into a fist fight that added to the energy (laughs) and not such a great way but um it does it all adds to the group energy or the mass energy on the planet wow that's wonderful so when we're doing these meditations for peace and we're all in the world meditating and all of our lights are shooting up off of the planet they're all merging around oh yeah and i I know that they are effective. They absolutely are effective. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. And why should I doubt that? Because why would we even bother? So I think anything that, you know, somebody says, hey, to their friends, let's at 4.44 in the afternoon meet on the Cosmic Highway and... <laughs> You know, beam out compassion. I have a little medicine group, just just some pals. And right around uh, sometime between 3.33 and 4.44, because we like those numbers and they're they're angel numbers and all that. Um, Anyway, we just just tune in, you know, and we might be busy and we might be running errands or whatever, but we just kind of like send out a little thought and sometimes we post, you know, on, on our phones pictures or... Uh, oracle card or some kind of saying or something like that. But I'll tell you what, it's really, it's really kept me grounded. And I know that there are at least five other people out there who are putting a positive intention into the, the field, but the more of us, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I love that. Okay. Also right now, we're also looking within we're asking ourselves big questions right now about big questions. who we are, who yeah. do we want to be in the world, who do, like, what do we want our world to be now? Because There's a lot of reconfiguring going on. A lot of opportunity to oh, yeah. the world and move forward in a new way. Yeah. So to do that, we need to look at ourselves. Yeah. Um, And we talked about this before the show. So when I was in school, I did a four-year program, and we discussed the shadow self, the negative belief systems. Yeah. And it's, you know, grown and grown since the year 2000 to now and the conversation. So when we're looking at these belief systems, belief structures that we've picked up, maybe programmed from zero to seven, in we're looking at these structures we are trying to heal them we're trying to turn them into a new thing and we're trying to reincorporate them back into ourselves to be able to live from that space and even bruce lipton is popping into my head right now epigenetic oh, yeah. how you can change your genes so i'm yeah. really looking at Absolutely. The that way where we could take that negative belief system and transform it reprogram it you know, and then put it back within ourselves instead of what I think um, is happening and help me out with this energetically, that we look at these negative belief systems, we sit them outside of ourselves. Yeah. And we try to live life ignoring them. But what really needs to happen is to heal them. Well, first be aware of it, then heal it, 
change it, and then reincorporate it in, reincorporate the changed belief system. So, are you answering your own question right now? Or? <laughs> no, I want to know energetically. Like, <laughs> that was very topic? good. I love this topic. <laughs> what does this look like energetically and in our aura? And how can we go about doing that in a healthy way? Oh, wow. Well, uh, how much time do you have? Oh, yeah, time. <laughs> no, ser seriously. I, I mean, I, I actually am serious about that. This is yeah, um, topic. This this is huge because we are multidimensional beings, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what we are. We're we're not just physical humans thrashing around down here. We're multidimensional beings. There's so much going on, so many different levels. That said. I do have a model that I learned a very, very, very long time ago, I'd say at least 40 years ago, from a wonderful, wonderful ally and fr best friend of mine. And he was a master at um, coming up with all kinds of uh, ideas and perspectives. And this perspective has helped me time and time and time again to do everything from explore my shadow, uh, explore and, and be compassionate towards, you know, those, those, those crazy and cranky parts of me. Um, but it also has helped me to discern what beliefs do I want to believe? I mean, keep, um, what, what is valid for me? and what simply doesn't fit or doesn't fit anymore. And so just to kind of cut it into just a, just, you know, just cut to the chase of it. Um, if you can look at life as a box, our reality, how we perceive reality, the box of life, or maybe it's a triangle or pyramid, I don't care, it could be a sphere. But anyway, so in this box are two domains. My hands are the two domains. So this domain, we are born and we're right away, we're experiencing things. Right away, right? We were born, wah, you know, bright lights and people talking at me and what the heck and what's that wet stuff down there and eh, you know, anyway, we're having experiences. We're also having, though, by the way, energetic experiences, you know, so maybe we're feeling the, the love vibration from our parents, maybe not, <laughs> you know, so all these experiences and they start to accrue, if you will, they start to build up and they feed this other domain over here that I call concepts. So we start to build concepts out of these experiences. Another word could be beliefs. As you were saying, you know, from zero to seven, yeah, we, pi we, we pile them on, baby. Mm -hmm. And then the beliefs, um, you know, are supported by our experiences. And around and around and around we go. Mm -hmm. We have an experience which supports our concepts, which is bolstered by, you know, more experiences or experiences like that experience or whatever. So. Uh, let's see. So many years ago, I was driving down a, a local road in Seattle where I used to live. And, um, and, I, and it was a road that I didn't know very well, but I'm just tooling down the road. And I noticed, whoa, next to me, there's a cop. There's a policeman. You know, kind of <laughs> paralleling me down the road. No big deal. People, it happens all the time, right? But no, it was a policeman. So I'm thinking right away, wait a minute, uh, policeman. <laughs> Hi, you know, oh shoot. What's the speed limit here? Oh, did I go through the stop sign back there? Or ah, am I in trouble? Right? Because that's what, you know, I had a belief that if a, if a policeman was paying attention to me, it must mean something and it must mean trouble <laughs> and I'm in it somehow. 
So, you know, I'm, I'm sweating a little bit. And we both stop at the same time at a red light. And I just kind of, you know, glance over at him. And now he's making a, a motion with his hand. He's doing this. I'm like, what? What does that mean? Oh, roll down my window. <laughs> so I pressed the button, rolled down the window. He rolled down his window and he said to me, I love your bumper sticker. That's awesome. And I'm, oh, ha, hi. Thank you so much. You know, roll up window, roll up window. Oh, and he said, green light. And I said, oh, okay, bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. I made this big kerfuffle out of my experiences or other people's experiences that cop paying attention to me means something. Right? I mean, and this happens all the time, but it is way, it's the way we learn. We learn through our experiences. I'm not saying anything against experiences. I'm just saying that those experiences are powerful. They do get in there. And then we build our belief systems based on them. Yeah. However, what if we're having a brand new experience and there's no experiences backing it up? You know, we're, um, or, our beliefs are not working anymore or something challenges my belief about policemen say, um, well, you know, what, do, what do we do? <laughs> you know, what do we, what do we do now? I was like, eh. so there is another domain and it's outside of the box. So if this box contains our experiences and our concepts or our beliefs outside of the box, around here somewhere is what I call the observer or the domain of awareness, or some people call it the witness. And I'll tell you what, I don't know about your observer, but my observer is rocking it because she, if, if she's a she, you know, my observer hasn't, doesn't have any judgments, isn't trying to get on my case about like, did you, did you see that? Did you see the way you would behave? Just observes, observes, is my witness. And wants what's in my highest and best interest all the time, all the time, all the time. So stepping into awareness with say a new, new experience, um, or if we want to get the correct answer for us about something. I step into my awareness and ask from there because my aware observer, again, always wants what's best for Elka, always. And so will gently and usually quietly, not with a big loud voice and neon signs, you know, say, you should do this. No, it's just, you know, you might, want, you might want to consider this path or, or what have you, or I just get a feeling or I get a connection with the way I, I ought to go because it just, it just feels correct for me. That observer uh, very recently, I, I think saved my life because of the amb and this is I, I wasn't even going to go here but i'm going here now <laughs> because i think it's important for us to realize that we also have the human mm -hmm. to attend to yes we're spiritual beings but the human does have the shadows and the light and the emotions and the beliefs and you know etc etc so the human also can be very sensitive, uh, like yours truly, and does pick up on the ambient energy. And mind you, um, it's been it's been a kind of a challenging yearish or so, you know, uh, with with a husband who has had some physical uh, situations that I needed to attend to, and almost dying a few times, and. Um, and the stresses of trying to find a new home and all, just life, life. So I thought that the feelings I was having was because 
my husband was ailing and I was pre-grieving, you know, maybe missing him already. And he's still in life, but I was, I was just sad and just, ugh, I couldn't figure it out. Um, then the shutdown came, you know, and the quarantine. And I was feeling the anxiety and the sadness. I mean, rightfully so. It's a very tough situation. Um, and for me, I was missing a lot. Like um, my heart was just breaking. I, I know several business owners who are not going to be business owners anymore. I know several people who've gotten sick. I know, uh, I know all kinds of things um, that are very, very sad to me. All the things that bring us joy is the way I've been seeing it is gone. So um, I was spiraling down to be very, very honest with you. And yes, I was still using my tools. Thank goodness. And yes, and, and was seeing clients or seeing them on the phone or, you know, doing what I can to stay lifted and stay, keep other people lifted. But honestly, um, something happened and I, I, I went down to a very, very, very dark place. It wasn't a shadow. It was utter blackness. And that is not me. I am not, I don't tend that way. And so it was shocking. It was shocking how, and I have life good, you know, relatively speaking, I'm in a lovely home. I have loving people all around me. Um, but I, I, I didn't even care about them at all. I didn't care that if I were to do something to myself, like take myself out of this planet, that they would miss me and be very upset. Nah. And again, that wasn't like me at all. So I got to think now in retrospect that something opportunistic got in here. I'm a shaman and I do see that. I do see that there are opportunistic energies, um, shadowy energies, dark, darker or forgetful energies. I like to call them forgetful because they just forgot that they're spirit too. But anyway, whatever this was, it, it got in there. I mean, there must have been some little opening and I was not myself. And so a little over a few weeks ago, I told my husband one evening, you know what, if the world continues in this vein, I want out. And I don't think he even got the, the, the power behind the words that I meant out. Like, I think I'm going to take a hike tomorrow up to a nice high viewpoint and keep flying. It was just, what? So mm -hmm. the next day came and I woke up and I thought, shoot, I'm still alive. Darn it. Mm -hmm. And um, meanwhile, my observer, my wonderful witness was still witnessing. She was there just gently like, okay. You know, meanwhile, I really didn't hear any voices from spirit or my totems or angels or anything like that, because I have a very, very vivid connection with, with guides and, and so forth. But no, they were all quiet. But the observer was still observing. And my higher self, who I truly am, somehow infiltrated into that darkness and and i found myself texting a friend of mine saying hey uh i want your animal totems and your dog well maybe you too <laughs> in that order to come for a walk with me in the forest because i knew my observer knew that you know if i were to go alone i might be tempted to do something and um so she she came along and um, we ended up doing a very spontaneous uh, ceremony in, in the woods and um, it cleared my aura and I'm not gonna go into the details of it, but it was actually kind of silly and funny and, and involved an Indian flute that she brought along that I didn't know she brought along and it uh -huh. involved uh, taking a branch from a tree that was the silliest looking branch and sweeping my aura. I mean, it was very spontaneous and innocent 
and sweet and funny. And the next thing I knew, I felt a boulder drop from my back and something fly off. And uh, I don't really care how crazy this sounds to people, but something opportunistic went away and I haven't been the same since. What I have been is myself. No matter how this happened though, and, and this is a permanent transformation, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely sure of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter how it happened, the, the one thing that if, if, I, if you get nothing out of this interview, but this very following thing, yeah, it is that you have your own witness, you have your own observer. And again, that self, the capital S self always, always wants what's highest and best for you. That said, you do have to listen. You do have to pay attention. You do have to know that she or he or it is there, yet you also need to make that connection and allow that voice to come through because it's not necessarily the loudest voice. And so um, that model of our concept and experiences, but then also the awareness and, and the observer, again, that's, that's just, that's kind of like the baseline for uh, doing life and staying here in, in a healthy way, at least for, for me. Yeah. I hope that was helpful, that big story. But, uh, Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's a beautiful story. I'm so glad that you listened to that little voice and it sounds like a beautiful, powerful ceremony. That you and your friend had. Yeah, it was. was. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to share, to end with, to wrap up that you think is important for people to know right now about themselves or the aura or right now? Yeah, um, just to reiterate that the ambient energy, it's pretty intense all right so so realize that take really extra special care of yourself um, and take that time to be quiet and listen because if we're coming from that baseline of all the woo you know it's it's there's a lot happening so be kind Be kind, be kind to yourself, be kind to others, practice kindness. Um, And that will be, you know, what is received into the world. Um, Once again, reminding you and myself and you, Liz, that we we are broadcasters as well as, you know, intake and receivers. So broadcast kindness know that um, this is going to be tough for, for quite some time. I'm, I'm quite sure of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, uh, after that ceremony, by the way, I knew and I know now that we also have an opportunity to build and rebuild a new reality that, again, is a reality based on well-being for all. And so um, it's going to take a lot of work, but it's also going to take a lot of self-care and kindness and coming from our hearts. So I hope you all do. Bless you all. Bless you, Liz. Awesome. Thank you, Elka. And bless you. That was great. And how can everyone reach you? How about sharing your website and how they can reach you? Oh, yeah, I should have written it down or something like that, but it's pretty easy. Uh, my name is spelled E-L-K-E, even though you're pronouncing it correctly, Elka. So it's elkaspage.com. And it's got all my, all my stuff on it, um, yeah. including auras and aura portraits. Oh, by the way, I didn't even show you that this is this is an aura portrait that I just drew of a, of a young uh, teenager. So you too can have something fun like that. And yeah, um, I'll see you. I'll see you in the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Call Elka, go on her website, schedule a reading. She also has a book, which you can find on your website. 
Yeah. Downloading a friendly universe. So check that out. And hopefully you'll have one out soon and you can come back. I'm working on it. it. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today, Elka. It's been awesome. I love you. Love you too, dear. Namaste. And thank you everyone for joining me today on Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. And remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.